just gets to the footy, works so hard and generally... Oh, oh look at that for Francis. Colossal mark. He has been so impressive over the last two or three weeks. There it is, Bruce. That's a ripper. That's a beauty, isn't oh, it? That is. That is Cody a ripper. Right? Too. He just he hung. Well, we're in the famous number that John Coleman made famous and not dissimilar the way apparently he used to fly. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 44. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch, and talk about everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, and in my own self-admission, this is take three, because I simply <laughs> could not say hello everyone in English. So, I'm sorry to that to the host, but there you go. Hey, so... What a fantastic win. Five interstate games in a row. Five interstate games in a row. I don't think... I'd, I'd love one of the list, the, the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast listeners, if you can get hold of us on the Facebook page and tell us the last time the Essendon Football Club did that, we would be very interested to know. Mostly because we're very lazy and we couldn't look it up on the internet. Even though I, I know it's 2001 because I saw it on the internet today. Okay. <laughs> one of us is lazy. One of us isn't. Rightio then. But yes, it's been 17 years since we've won five in a row. Damn. Interstate. So. And that was a fair side in 2001. Yeah. Just, uh, just a touch. Yeah. Uh, so look, I must admit, I I actually didn't think we were going to win this one. Now, <laughs> the, the text did get sent to you before the game and it was g Heel. Essendon by 14. And what was it from S. McNeese? I said Port by 8. Yeah. I must admit, I just thought they just had a bit more to play for and I just went on the emotion that some guys just think of Mad Monday and and, and it's it's very hard to get up. But they came out all determined. And And to my surprise, I couldn't be happy that they were that professional... And went for it. And just Jaden Laverde. But <laughs> in the first in the first, first fifteen quarter. minutes was like Went ape. I tell you what, man, that guy if it just just on the sort of putting the, the whole performance to one side for a moment, I bet you Jaden Laverde's manager would have just been jumping out of the roof of his own house after seeing that. <laughs> just to just just to say to Weston and the rest of the league, don't forget about this kid. Yeah. Don't forget about him. It was the uh I felt like even after the game I was like Todoro, this must be his most favourite game of the year. <laughs> we'll talk about Francis later, but seeing oh. Laverde, Francis, Langford kick three. Darcy Parrish Darcy got another Parrish 20. Darcy starring, and you're like, oh, he must be going, oh, you know. All of those blokes, David King or, or Swatter or whoever the hell um, bagged. Kane Corns, yeah. Kane, oh, it was Kane Corns, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was close. No, Worst <laughs> draft in history for Worst us, Worst draft in history, yeah. That's and now it looks great. Because yep. he said Darcy Parrish wasn't a footballer and Parrish has had some issues, but I tell you what, mate. If Francis hasn't announced himself as an AFL footballer, look out. Yeah, I mean, let's get straight into Aaron. 
Uh, we obviously were excited last week, uh, and we even had his That's name in the title of the show. Yeah. It probably was a week too short because he really starred. Mate. It wasn't just like a, oh, good on you, Aaron, you played a good game of footy. He was a star in that oh, game, man. and he's in my votes when we do our 3-2-1, I can Ooh, tell you already. Oh, okay. Big thing. So, give us his stats, Scotty. So, I mean, he's almost had 20 possessions. He's had 11 marks. He's almost tied the record for any player this year on contested marks at six. He's one short of that. He's seventh at the club in total contested marks for the whole year. For the whole year, and he's played how many games? <laughs> Four or five. Yeah. So, Amazing, right? So uh, he's um, he's actually leading on averages the whole club on one percenters as well, just from punching. So he's he's a as we said before, what you get with Aaron Francis is a massive impact player, and he impacts games. And he had a huge game um, which got us over the line. And to see him marking the ball even better than oh, last week, yeah, even better than last week. <laughs> Apart from standing on people's heads. But just the, the, the contested marking in packs and in between the ball was coming into 50 and stuff. It um, We were we were at the uh, Essendon VFL game yesterday, Wendy Hill, Scott and I, and we were talking to the VFL president and he made a really good statement by saying that that game uh, Aaron played, he dominated the that AFL game like he used to dominate in the VFL. It was almost like watching him playing in the VFL. He was just he was as relaxed. Just as relaxed and he yeah. did exactly the same stuff as his last six to eight weeks in the in the VFL. So incredibly it's incredibly encouraging for an Essendon supporter and especially um, those that have really sort of I mean everybody knows he's he's had some troubles off the field and it's just really encouraging to see a bloke like that smiling at yeah. training. Scotty's posted yeah. on his um um on uh, True the Red Sash and, and stuff. Just to see him running around with a big smile on his face at training is really encouraging and if you're if you're listening Aaron it's really great to see a smile on mate, and it's great to see you taking big grabs like you know, like you know you can, um, and like we all hoped you could. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I contacted a, one of his family members, and uh, and they were really excited and and just so happy for him at where he's at with his stage of his life, and and the scary part is, and it's a genuine scary part. We're still scratching the surface. Like he, mm. I would still suggest he's thirty percent off fitness. You know, his ultimate kind of fitness yes. to play out. But and he's still got to learn a few more one-on-one things when the ball hits the ground. Just a few more things. He's got so much to grow. And he, the thing is, like he's he's playing down back and he's taken six contested marks and he's taken what? How many marks overall? Eleven. Eleven marks overall in game like five or six, which is great. But the thing with Aaron Francis, everybody has to understand, is he can play every position on the field. So yeah. when he gets fit, mate, the sw- the the period of time that they rotate him through the middle, look out. Yeah, he's 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 actually a better runner than he he's probably looked upon by fans just because of his fitness. Yeah. Although, so there's there's just a whole other element. If you go back to his TAC Cup days, have a look, and you can see the kind of full potential this kid has. Yep. Uh, it's not just intercept marking. He can easily switch down forward, kick you three or four in a hurry. He, he's got a... He's going to be a very, very big player now that his mind is is, is right. Yep, and I guess one of the, the real big things for me too is the is the quality of his right boot. Like yeah. he, can, he can do the standard sort of field kicking in the AFL with accuracy, 
but he takes on the game and that's why He's, guys don't lament Brendan going too much I mean it's a it's a it's a sad day to see Brendan Goddard go because we've got a really gun player there but Brendan one of Brendan's true strengths and, and Scott and I on the lunchtime catch-up podcast we've said this a couple of times the one of the strengths of Brendan is that he, he took the yeah. game on he dared to try and hit that bloke in between two opposition players mm. when you go back inside the corridor because he knew he knows if he gets that pass the, the ground opens up for everybody. Now, every now and then, Brendan would miss that pass or something would go looks, wrong yeah, it looks and it looks real bad, right? But Aaron has that same kind of mentality of, I'm and, going to kick it to the wing, I'm going to kick it to the wing, bang, yeah. and I'm going to kick and, it and, straight and look, in. And fans are got to be prepared because he's going to have that kind of turnover with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you can see it sometimes in the VFL, but I still believe it's what the coaches instruct. Take the game on mm-hmm. uh, because like the, the Richmond games, the Hawthorne games... Those teams that have really big defensive structures, you have to have a bit of dare to uh, to get around them. Oh, 100% agree. Uh, so Aaron is a really exciting prospect. Couldn't be more happier. Man, um, if he wins Mark of the Year, it's, it's, a, it's a very strange irony of of having possible two Marks of the Year, one over Carl Lyle last year and one over Ryder this year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's got a bit of poetic that would justice. Be. But... It's got a little bit of poetic justice. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, a, it's probably the two players that would left probably the most controversially. And, uh, and yeah, it's just a very intriguing sort of situation. But Trust me, something like that I reckon would be spoken about. The people that yeah. vote on it, I reckon that it would, it would be spoken about too. But what, what I was probably most excited about Aaron's game is that it was the last senior game and how that would lead his mind into the preseason? Because there's nothing better to an athlete than knowing you belong. Yeah, and I agree. think. And so that game, um, and even Parrish's last month, uh, and that kind of situation, it just gives, um, even Langford as well, it gives those guys so much self belief to not have a preseason to say, I've got to have a big preseason to try and belong in the AFL. Yeah. That now is set in their mind that they are. So the preseason now has a different mindset to fine craft their skills, but they know they belong. Yeah. Uh, so it was really encouraging game. I, I was just so proud of how professionally they attacked attacked the game and we were killing in tackles we had over 50 tackles we had over 50 inside 50s it was just a really good professional game and and it it was just it was just something I was actually really proud of at the end of the game I was actually like you know what that's I just can't stop smiling for some reason and I know we're not making the finals and people who know me know I'm pretty ruthless but I was still like I generally feel in this off-season, it's a whole different spirit at the club. It's got to be. I mean, you'd, Brendan Goddard would be absolutely um, uh, smiling too, I reckon. I mean, there's yeah. a bloke that absolutely demands excellence. He demands professionalism. Kind of smiling. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of, yeah. He, he, he would have been yeah, through... Proud and upset. Proud and upset at the same time. Because I guess that's the kind of thing that he would have loved. In that yeah. we had one more game to win. We weren't playing finals. And we're up against a decent side in, in Port. Um, and we, we come out and just, we hammer him in that first quarter. Things like when I reckon Brendan arrived, we were, our third quarters were awful. We were getting run over the top yeah. of, we couldn't run out games. We were getting hammered in that third quarter and final quarter. For Brendan to, to leave the club now, knowing that we are a four quarter side, we don't yeah. bloody fall, fall over in the third. We don't have any hoodoos or any of that sort of um, crapola anymore. To be able to have that kind of professionalism from the club is wildly exciting for me. 
Yeah, and that's the the legacy I will always think of. Bj is uh, Parish talked about it yesterday, just about the influence he had on about when he got drafted, what's expected of of from Darcy. Was saying he he knew he had a high expectation of what what he needed to do to be successful. Yeah. And because Brendan would have done it at yeah. every training session. And Brendan obviously has a very elite kind of standard in his how he trains, how he prepares, eats, everything like that. And to see the guys like McGrath, Parrish, Langford, um, Aaron's obviously had his mental struggles. So it's, it's a little bit of a separate situation. But to see all the other kids come through, and and even you could talk about Dylan Clark's and improvement and everything like that. It, it's it's a great legacy that he's left our kids uh, on on how to be a much more professional outfit. In the Essendon Football Club, because it's, it has been an issue historically that yeah. we've kind of relied on our our club legacy to hopefully get us wins, and now it's a it's a ruthless competition, and we have to be elite in everything we do. Yep, and it feels like that's where we're getting. Like the that last fourteen games of the year, we're winning ten of the fourteen and and five interstate. It feels like. It's finally, finally yeah. sunk in yeah, exactly of right. what actually is required yeah, to be I successful. Yeah. And that's why the end of year, not making the finals, does have a bit of a different feel to it. Though I'm incredibly upset, we and yep. we should have. It, it does have a different feel because over anything, the most important aspect was that that message sunk in. Yeah. So... Yeah. What we'll do, um, we'll have a bit of a break um, and then we'll come back, maybe run through the players because there's some really interesting stats on the goal scorers and the like too. So we'll come back after the break. And welcome back to the Limestone Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you were having a look at the stats um, before the podcast. You noticed some really interesting facts about the midfield. Yeah, uh, one thing that our midfield, which has incredibly grown this year uh, to a much better standard, but uh, I guess to most fans, the one of the concerns was that we weren't kicking goals from our mids. And, and I just noticed in this game, uh, you had Langford kick three, Zaharakis kicked two, uh, Mice kicked one. You got Heppel, the captain, kicking two. It just that's a, a completely different look to the side when you have that kind of uh, goal kicking presence in from a midfield. So totally more dangerous. That was one thing that I got out of the game that was a, a really exciting development, and, and I hope it continues on in 2019 because Smith actually has kicked what 17 or 18 goals this year yeah. for, as a mid, and he's by far a um, most dangerous goal kicking mid. So you add him to that mix, and um, I think you got a really kind of dangerous midfield coming through. Uh, so the the Langford one, I thought he's he had a really really good game. He, he didn't have as many minutes on the ground as as others mids, but what he did was all class, and, and that's that's something I think that's probably crept up on everyone this year is Langford's some ball usability. He's really seen the game well, a little bit job like, but with kicking instead of handball. They said yeah. that yeah, yeah when he took a mark. I, I yeah. remember on the commentary. I know he's not a handballer, but he's seen the game really well. Uh, yeah. It must be. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or just always had it, but but it's really um it's an exciting 
real exciting development that's coming through with um, Kyle. So, that... And then you add to that the goal kicking with him. I mean, he was he started off as a forward at the club anyway, so he knows how to do it. He knows it. how to do it, yeah. And they can pinch it by chucking him back inside 50. And he's 6'2", he's 6'3". Six, six, mm. So he can still be that lead-up, forward, take a mark kind of guy as well. And then he's all that time and all that effort they've put into him into the into the midfield is really starting to pay off there as well. Yeah, and look, um, he's, he's the most exciting stat I reckon Wisher would have out of Kyle Langford is 11 tackles. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he did have a bit of a knock a couple of years ago that he was a little bit too laconic. Yep. Uh, so now he's getting that real grunt into his game. It, I reckon it's transformed him into a, a huge midfielder coming through. The player place. that we wanted him to be. <laughs> and it was interesting, um, Wusher noting the midfield because they asked him um, about the trade period and, and they were saying, do you need an inside mid? And he said, you know what? At the start of the year, all the discussions was internally about getting us an inside mid. He said, but the how much Kyle Langford has come on and how much David Myers' form has really progressed and, and having Heppel as well, yep. having a solid year. It may, You could tell any, he was really saying it, it may not be as critical as it was at the start of the year. That's because, what we want to hear. Because it's, they're, they're quite comfortable with those three boys and how they're playing and, and whether it's a, a line-breaking mid instead, which is more the Devin Smith yeah. angle. So it was interesting to hear that it's during the year they've been able to answer a couple of, of, of key problems with, that they've historically had. Yeah. What do we do, what do, we do down back? So look, I thought Hooksy and Hurls had a bit of an off day, actually. Yeah. Uh, you had the first gamer in Port. He probably actually was marking over Hooksy quite. Which was it's a weird sight to see. You don't you don't often see that. No, uh, I wasn't sure if just Hooksy took him a bit lightly, lightly because it's his first game. But he, he, I mean, he's a big, tall guy and with long arms, so yeah. he, he just really troubled Hooksy actually. And, and Hurls, um, he, well, Westhoff. It was kind Westhoff of kicked three or five. See, Hurls sometimes... had an unusual end of the year. Like yeah, his, he did, yeah. His last three games were very... Un... And he's up against mm. some quick guys too. Like, Westhoff yeah. is never going to be a power... He's not Dixon, right? He's the, the roving guy around the 50 taking marks and stuff. Yeah. And um, Hurls is probably tired. He's probably real tired and all, so... Yeah, look, if the two, the two wins that I think won us the game... Uh, was um, Francis on Watts. He destroyed oh, Watts. Just destroyed Watts. And, and Saad decided to play a, a selfish tie-down role on, on Robbie Gray. Yep. Uh, which was really needed. And I'm glad tactically we have that flexibility when we don't just say Saad is yeah, going to run off halfback run, 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 and that's guy. all he's going to do. Yep. I'm glad that they gave him a role like that because we talked about it last week. Who is going to be our shutdown role sometimes? Yeah. And and to have him destroy Robbie Gray, or Robbie Gray had no He's a influence. decent player and a champion player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for, to, for him to tally him up like that, it probably gave us gave us a huge part of, of of the win. Absolutely. So that were the two. When I looked at the back line, I thought those two were the real stars um, that had a huge impact on the game. Guelfi and um, our mate Andy McGrath. McGrath was, of... Yeah, McGrath kind of did a good shutdown role without being spectacular. Yeah. Guelphie actually did a really... Guelphie had one of those games again where he didn't have many possessions, but he a lot of it, I noticed a lot of his one-on-one work, he was yeah. really, really good. He's very hard to He's beat. He's influential. And, and Harves mentioned after the game, um, 
how good golf he was in just little moments of the game. And that's and that's what why he's getting games. Yeah. yeah. The, Harvey's, Harvey's really picking up on little things that Guelphie does that he's one shutting down his opponent but there's sometimes with Guelphie you feel like he's isolated one on one sometimes but he actually wins the contest a lot and for a first year player he it's a pretty spectacular I mean what was he he was a really high draft pick he was not really even talked about as anything like uh, I'd never had any word on him when we recruited him so he's come out of nowhere and and the ladies like him, and <laughs> ladies is a big fan of the Ice Man, and all. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, good on him, man. And, and again, after another preseason, we should look for massive things more from from uh, Matt. Um, I want to make mention of Mitch Brown. Oh, big time, huge. I mean, big year. Ten marks, three goals, no, four goals. Um, no, three goals, four goals, three goals, three goals, three goals. Um, I should read my stats. Um, ten marks, three goals, and what came between. Point two or something like that of running the the most distance on the ground. Yeah, he keeps doing it every week. He's in the top two. That's amazing. Uh, Twenty one possessions as well. So twenty one possessions. So like, jeez, he he presented so well. Uh, he's had a, he's had such a good year. For what, what happens, the card man? the cards that he got dealt with everyone going around him. Yeah. Uh, all credit to him. He just kept on running and running and presenting. And look, he I'll be. Be frankly honest, he's not a star or anything like that. He just he, he just works, like absolutely, man. And, that, and that's all the, work ethic. It's all work ethic, and, and all credit to him. He's 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 got what fifteen or sixteen games this year, just by sheer working hard. So what happens next year, man? Though, like Jimmy Stewart and oh, look, Smack and Joey and Fantasia. Yeah, it's, look, it's. <laughs> Uh, to me, it's uh, they have to win those possession positions back, uh, except for Joe. Joe, gets... well, Joe, Joe walks. Joe walks into that side. Uh, but yeah. I think we can safely say that. But Smack and Stewart have to, yeah, have to. I think there'll be a very, very hard fought preseason between some tall forwards. I 100 percent agree, really. And, and like the start of next year, um, Mitch has got to walk into the side, right? He's got to be first picked, and Jimmy Stewart, who. This entire season has been playing in the VFL, so yeah. he thinks Jimmy stepped out of line somewhere. Um, he hasn't dominated. No, like we watched him yesterday, and he still competes very hard. Oh, I thought anyway. He but... still looks like an AFL footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for people who had the VFL game, it was actually to paint the picture. It was about a minute to go, and it was a one-point game, and. Uh, we had the ball 70 yards out. It's bombed down long, and Stewart's just climbed over the pack. Huge pack mark. And taken a huge grab, and actually kicked it from about a metre in from the boundary line too. Yep. And uh, it's won us the game. So, look, there's plenty of talent there. He's just got to obey the coaches. <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's 100% right. <laughs> that's, uh, Do you reckon he might have learned his lesson? I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so, because too. the talent's there. But look, McKernan... I did obey, and he was structurally... He, McKernan, oddly enough, out of any four this year, helped our structure. Oh, incredibly. And so When you looked up in the be, forward line, yeah. he was always there. He'll be, he'll be seen in a very big light, and uh, it'll be very interesting contract talks at the moment. So there's some... We'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's some seriously interesting contracts with Laverde, Smack, you know, those kind of guys... Even a Francis extension, what seemed to be, you know, will he go now that he's staying? Yeah. You know, 
Everybody be wanting to sign this kid real fast. <laughs> I mean, Todoro must be thinking, do I, you know, do I seriously want a three, four year deal at a low ball price? Because his price in two years may be huge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. absolutely huge. So uh, it, it's a very strategic, interesting time. Yeah, agree for for our list. Uh, look, yeah. So Mitch Brown, brilliant stuff. Uh, who else have we got? I thought um, I actually forgot to mention uh, Devin Smith in our midfield. Yeah. Like to break the all-time record for tackles, That's 186 a tackles deal. this year. He's broken it by four over a swallow back in 2011, uh, Andrew Swallow. So, just uh, it's an insane improvement oh. from from yeah. It's like he's been playing. I mean, how long has he been in the in the comp? Like three or four years. Yeah, about four. Yeah, about four, four years, years, some of that. I mean, yeah. just and okay, that's that's a lot of games of football, and he should be playing well. But it's like we've picked up at like a six to eight year veteran, like of, of the of the comp. The way he's come out and just all of a sudden I'm a midfielder. He said to Wusher, I'm a midfielder. I want to play midfield, and he's come out and absolutely just dominated as a midfielder. He's not the biggest bloke in the world. He's not no. the strongest bloke in the world, but he's dominated as a midfield. Like GWS. Must be looking at Devin Smith going, why the hell did we play him in the forward line and not listen to him? Because he would walk into GW's, GWS's starting midfield at the moment. Oh, it's just been, like, even yesterday, he's almost had 30 possessions and 12 tackles, and he just consistently consistently has done it all year. And he looks like he's having a lot of fun doing it. And well, last week we had a bet on Krispy Kremes <laughs> with, with uh, who's going to win the Crichton, Heppel yeah, that's... or Hell Smith. And now I'm a little bit concerned. Ah, see, there was a bet. We we said, rather, who wins the Crichton? Um, I remember last week at the game. So who wins the Crichton this year? And I just expected Scott to go, oh, Devin, by the length of straight. I mean, the bloke, apart from Zach Merritt, just racking up possessions left and right. Devin's kicked goals. He's broken tackling records. He's done incredibly well. If Devin Smith doesn't win by, like, a long margin, I'll be upset. Scotty looks straight at me and goes, Dyson Heppel, how do you how do you pick Devin Smith? I went, what? Hepps has had an outstanding year, and God bless him. But no, Devin's going to win that. Look, so th- there... And- I, I look. I'm, I'm, I probably agree. Devin Smith's been the best player this year. Don't back out of your bed no, now. See the, Don't back out of. I, I want twelve Krispy Kremes. I still think Heppel's going to win it though. No, there's method to my madness. I would love to hear what that is. So one day. when I look at the coaches' votes, which is our coaches, I know it's another coach as well. Which is a dower defender. He would love the tackling. Heppel almost is double any other player, and I, I, there's got to be something to that that I'm, but. I personally think Devin Smith's been the best player this year for the Essendon Football Club. Yeah. And and I actually do think Heppel is second. Oh, look, I mean, Hepps is great. I mean, I'd, but <laughs> you I, could put Hepps, yeah. Merritt, you could I've throw just got a this funny over. feeling the coach really likes Heppel. Okay. Like, whether that's a captain thing, and whether it's even how, as a captain, he grew. Oh, and believe me, yeah. if Dyson Heppen wins the Crichton medal, do you reckon I'll be upset? Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll be upset at all. I will pony up 12, uh, 12 Krispy Kremes quite happily to you. Because <laughs> you know have... I'll say, do you want one? <laughs> That's exactly and you right. go, cool, thanks. Yeah, thanks very much. And we'll split them. So that'll be great. I'll, I'll do <laughs> It's that. win-win. <laughs> all right. So Either what way, we'll do... Krispy Kremes are coming. <laughs> what we'll do, we'll take another break. And um, straight after the break, we'll come back with a bit more. All right.
Welcome back to Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, moving on to our 3 2 1s for the game. Scotty, I think we've we've got a, a joint 3 2 1 for this one, don't we? Yeah, we've agreed again. This is scary. Which is a bit scary. So I'll let you. I'll let you, you let me do it. Okay. So with with three votes, we've got uh, Scotty and I have both agreed that Captain uh, Legend Dyson Heppel um, with twenty odd possessions, seven clearances, seven clearances, two goals, two goals. Just what else do you want from the man? Seriously, Ten marks. yeah, yeah. Ten marks, right? So just an absolute out and out three vote game. Um, two votes, and Scotty and I looked at each other and just went Aaron Francis. Yep, absolutely, Aaron Francis. Like that is a influential, worthy of two, nudge and three, incredible game. Not just, and by the way, not just because of the hype, not just because of the whole Aaron Francis hype thing. That is an absolute deserved two votes, man. Yep. Um, and then Scotty and I, again, this is the one where we could have gone either way, but we both just looked at each other and went, Mitch Brown. Because what more do you want this guy to do? Seriously. Yeah. He's taking marks. He's kicking um, goals. He's running all over the shop. He is, he's holding out a very good player in um, in Jimmy Stewart. Smack and Joey and Jimmy and him next year is going to be brilliant. So for an amazing two weeks in a row, Scotty and I have agreed on the 3 two ones. Yeah, and uh, look, I thought I'd give you a... a, a... A once once off this year VFL three two one so yeah we we both we had, were both there so we both we had, a, we had a good look at it and I tell you what there's nothing like Windy Hill on a sunny day with no wind oh man and then a wind at the end oh and it was a fan, it was a cracking game by the way it was, yeah it was a really heated hard fought game yep. and uh, some really good highlights I gave my best on ground to Jordan Ridley. Um, he was sensational. Just kid's class. He, he is was class. Just, that yeah, kid. He oozes class. His kid, and he just kept on mopping up everything, and um, and then just hitting people out outside fifty with that boot. Just yeah. lace out every time. So uh, really good game from him. Uh, I had Nick Hind uh, for two votes. Uh, re- I cannot help think he's going to be on AFL list next year. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind if it's on even on our list. He's got tremendous pace. Incredible speed. Uh, at one point, he he absolutely blitzed an 80-meter run, just missed the, <laughs> just missed the goals at the end. Yeah. It would have been goal of the year in the VFL. Uh, and look, I gave... I gave one to uh, Hulahan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Zerk Thatcher. No. My man. No, I, 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 first time I've really got to see Hulahan in full flight. Kicked three goals, was really dangerous. Um, and look, it easily could have gone to Zerk Thatcher or Hartley. Um, Mate, so the, the Prime Minister in the Maggie Thatcher, he's, i tell you what. Zerk Thatcher's a fantastic player, by Look the way. out, yeah, look out for that kid. He hits packs mm. like he weighs twice what he weighs. Yeah. Like, again, we were talking to the to the VFL president and he was saying they love that kid down there because he's he's very lightly framed, very lightly framed. But he throws himself at packs. Exactly. I reckon there is a dead set player there too. But... Um, absolutely understand with all the hand. So yeah, we go on to play our first final. It may be next Sunday, two p.m. I'm not sure. I'll, we'll get that confirmed. Uh, but I think that's the time they're thinking of initially. Yep. We play Collingwood, the arch enemy. So um, who have got a lot of injuries. So I'm assuming the VFL team might be hit with all those injuries. Okay. And, and drug suspension. <coughs> drug suspension. Oh, so Pot calling yeah. the kettle. Uh, Anywho, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, yeah, so it was a fantastic day. Uh, we we were just cruising, had a 
FIFA president came down, just had chatters for a whole quarter. That and was great. Great, great insights and in how the club is going. And and do yourselves know. a favour. Next time you've got a spare Sunday or next time you've got a spare Saturday, probably, I mean, make it come down for the final. Head down to Windy Hill or head down and watch the VFL boys because it is dead set, old school, yeah. pie in the stand kind of. You can <laughs> you can sit on the boundary, on the on the edge of the boundary and the players are just... The, the, one of the coolest things, one, is, is the, um, the end of the quarters. When you can walk onto the ground and literally Michael Hartley just walks past you. G'day boys. And Izzy walks past you out to the out to his position. Just high fiving people as he's going back it's to his just, position. It's just amazing, right? Yeah. If this was any other sport in the world, those guys are professionals, right? They play they play that sport professionally. And there's mums and dads just walking in between the full forward mark and the they're walking through the square and full forward and yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. I love the uh I love when the game's over and and you hear this tiny little theme song through the one, one, <laughs> the one mic, from the, one, yeah, the, the 1960s speaker on the corner of the Reynolds stand, That's it. Uh, blurring up. So, uh, look, it's just fun. It's a great community out there. Yeah. Some real good diehard Essendon family out oh, there. The so. diest of hard Essendon so, supporters. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, you just feel a little bit at home and, and, yep. and uh, yeah, it was just a great day. Uh, so look, what we want to do originally, we weren't even going to do this podcast, but we quickly got together. It was, it was yep. a, a last minute things just to quickly do the port game. We're just working on a bit of a finale game. I uh, saw so finale game, finale podcast, a finale podcast. I'm not okay, playing. Yeah. yeah. No. So we we want to make sure we, we close off with a bang. We're, we're, we're trying to get uh, just working on seeing if we can get a big guest. Uh, we're to trying. Ra- we're ra- trying hard. To, to wrap up the year, uh, we're going to have our own very first lunchtime catch-up awards. The inaugural, <laughs> the inaugural lunchtime catch-up podcast awards. So we're going to have mark of the year and goal of the year, breakout player of the year, everything like that. Yes. Uh, and even stupid titles, so even stupid, <laughs> even stupid titles like villain of the year and things yeah, like we want to have so. villain of the year. We said that today is the who's the best villain of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, yeah, we're going to do our own award show podcast. What we do, um, what we might do is we might put actually on the lunchtime catch up podcast and on the um, the lunch catch up Twitter page, we'll put the the headlines of all of the awards we're going to give. And please feel free to send us your version of the of the lunchtime catch up yeah, podcast. I, I, I sent in a draft one during the week, and that's just was like half the ones, and people were responding straight away. But brilliant! We'll, we'll put them all out. We'll 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 me and Grant will get our collective brilliant minds together. <laughs> that's what they are, collective <laughs> brilliant minds. That's right. Yeah, and uh, we'll come up with some a whole heap of awards, and uh, we'll have a whole podcast to announce the awards. Roger that. I mean, we may or may not be naming the best player of the year. The inaugural Ariel Steinberg Award. Steinberg Award for excellence in football. Yes. It may, may, may or may not happen. I can't, I can't make any, any promises. For those of going, why is Steinberg mentioned on Because Twitter? he's an absolute football genius who was released from this club totally prematurely. It's the worst decision the club's ever made and he should be back at the club. But at the very, very least we can do to honour that man's um, contribution to the Essendon Football Club. We name, can do. It's, well, we can do. That's exactly right. <laughs> Please note, this has never been part of my vocabulary (laughs) or mindset. Mine was Courtney Johns. It was Courtney Johns. Mate, it's a very close second is Judd Lelich, followed by Lily Dick. I think think every Essendon fan has that one player they still think 
was the best player that should Absolutely. have been a star. So may or may not happen, depending on if Scott lets me. <laughs> but yeah, that, we'll, we'll tune in for that week. And again, we're trying real hard to get a, a, a really big guest. We don't want to... Uh, we went a little early. Uh, we went a little uh, sort of prematurely halfway through the year with a big <laughs> guest name. And we couldn't make that pan out um, just, just yet. We haven't just been yet. able to make that pan out. The busiest um, man in the world. The I'll busiest say. man in the, literally the world. <laughs> um, so we're, we're really trying to get a big guest for the end of the, um, the, end of the year podcast. Um, we are, like I've said a million times, a dinky little podcast sitting in Scott's front room. So it's really tough for us to get these these uh, these guys to come onto the um, onto the podcast. So we're trying real hard for everybody. We know that um, you guys really love it when we get the, the guests on. Um, you guys uh, give us a heap of feedback on how much how much fun they are. So we'll, we'll try really hard to get that done. Yeah, look, we may even have a best sponsor. <laughs> we, of the year we like. might have all of the sponsors they kind of died off for a minute there there was a there was a, a few sponsors in a row yeah. but we'll we'll see what we can't do next year by the way to bring back sponsor of the week um, <laughs> oddly enough we're actually talking to a, a company that actually may be a sponsor <laughs> that's gonna actually be hilarious we're talking to a company at the moment who might i might have to actually put my serious voice on <laughs> and do an actual sponsorship so, uh, and you know we, we will promise them when we're talking to them again we'll have to promise them to to put a disclaimer at the start of the, the lunchtime catch-up podcast sponsor this is an actual sponsor <laughs> this, is, this is not a joke sponsor this is not this is an actual this sponsor is not david myers left leg this sponsor. is not david myers left leg just repeating this is an actual sponsor <laughs> <laughs> so look thanks for all your support uh it is it is a little bit sad when you're in such good form that that's that's the year done uh we've got some Obviously, some big dates coming up with Trade Week and, oh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there, there's a boy. There's a lot of names going around yeah. uh, for Essendon Football Club, but we are one of those clubs, and I think Dodoro is just one of those names that people link everyone to. Well, because but, I mean, he, he gets everyone. That's the yeah. thing, right? I always yeah, absolute I, confidence in the man. I always think there's always one name Dodoro's talking to that no one else knows. Yeah, and last look last year it was Devin Smith. No one had an inkling that Devin Smith. Was going okay. to Essendon, yeah. and and then before we knew it, we got Devin Smith, and Bang. boy, did that ever work! So look, it's it's a very interesting off season for the football club. Pick up an A grade mid, and and we are right in the box oh, seat. We're right, but you, dude, we're right in the box seat now. Well, yeah, just outside, just the outside, box seat. yeah, just outside that box seat because. I tell you what, there'll be a lot of clubs looking at Essendon, 10 of the last 14, coming out of towards the end of the season, and looking at that club next year going, Jakey Stringer will be fitter, Kyle Langford will continue to get fitter, yeah. Aaron Francis will be fitter and happier. The The whole club is just in a position to move forward. We get Joey Danaher back. On his day, the best forward in the comp. And we get those guys back. We get um, Arazio yeah. back. We get pa- uh, Paddy Ambrose back. Marty Gleeson is a big get to come back. Oh, it's... It's it's the biggest off season for our coaching group and um and by the way uh welcome to Ben Rutten as well from the yes Western Benny Rutten uh, old truck Rutten I'm not going to declare anything because I don't know too much about him but I know I know through through Richmond context that they really highly regard him as a defensive type coach so considering the Richmond success and him being there four years. Uh, Dan Richardson, obviously being at Richmond, I can see the what's happened here. I can see a conversation yeah. that's, that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and but it could prove to be a extremely important um, decision by the club that we might go under the radar because if if we can really go to that next level of improve our defensive structures, we are. I, I think it gets us from that fifth or sixth best team to the maybe a top three. So yeah, agree. 
So it's a. Sh- I'm I'm so glad that they've been proactive. That was the thing about the Goddard, the um, uh, what's his name, um, Jackson Merritt, uh, and Decisions. Ben Rutten. Yep. It, this all happened before the season ended. Yeah. Like they're they're in very serious proactive mm-hmm. mode at the moment, and I like it. They're not mucking around. No, no, no. They're getting they're getting. They're getting things set before even other clubs finish the season. Well, you've so, clearly got a plan. They've got yeah. a plan. They've targeted Benny Rutten. They have said to Jackson, "Thank you very much for your time, mate." And we need to free up, like we need to free up some. Uh, and all the best to Jackson, guy. by the way. Yeah, and by the way, absolutely lovely guy. So yeah, absolutely. But like, they've clearly they have the plan. And Adrian Dodoro doesn't go into off seasons and trade periods without a plan. You could just, it's really clear to see that he has a plan and they they stick to that plan that's yep. why Essendon and, and Dodoro are so hard to negotiate with yep. because they've got a plan and they want to absolutely want to achieve it so Bomber fans um, incredible end to a season for us um, the support that the Bomber fans have been showing and the support even that we've seen through the um, through the podcast has been incredible so a massive um, a round of applause to all the Bomber fans and all of the, the fans of the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast as well we really really thank you very much for um, listening to us and turning out to all the games, I bet you um, next time we get Xavier on, we can have a chat to him about um, that, and he'll be he'll be glowing because record um, membership numbers, record attendance um, this year, and the the club is absolutely all the better for it. Yeah, and obviously with the Amart sponsorship during the week, it's too huge. Too many year. It's been a it's been a strange season. It hasn't been all gone to plan. But there's an end in sight finally, I think, for Essendon fans, and I think it's a realistic. Yeah, I think it's a realistic one for the first time in a long time. Yep. Understand. But look, before I wrap it up, thanks to everyone. Please subscribe uh, to Facebook channels or join the Facebook channel, our Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast, the Twitter channel at Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast. Actually, we, Twitter is the Lunch Catch Up. The Lunch Catch Up. Yeah, so the Lunch Catch had, Up. There's no lunchtime in there. We had 120 new people join the Twitter page this week, so yeah. thanks to thanks to. Uh, everyone for that yep finally just to end the show we're going to make a dedicate this show to Brendan Goddard extremely thank you for all your services for the six years that you've brought uh, of excellence that you've brought to us in football club for and that's st- a good word excellence and for sticking up for the 34 boys you you join the club thinking of a grand final and within months you got hit with the biggest unnecessary scandal in in, in AFL history you never complained about it once. All you did was then go captain in double down. Yeah, you double down. You captained the side in 2016. You brought some young kids through, taught them excellence. We're now seeing the fruits of that. So as a legacy, it's been a huge effort. And us two humble little fans of this podcast want to dedicate this show to you and say complete and utter thanks for your service to the club. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Brendan. All right, um, so we'll wrap the podcast up. Um, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening. Uh, this one will be up pretty soon. Uh, but thanks very much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Catch you guys.